Continuing on from my previous podcast on parallel worlds, I made the point that the physical plane is like the normal rational numbers, 1, 2, 3, 4, minus 1, 2, 3, 4, and so on, and that the mystical plane is like the imaginary numbers, and they're edge-on, as it were, to this world, so we don't see them. This duality manifests in many, many ways. In one level, it goes down to the, in quantum mechanics, what's called wave-particle duality, which I'll talk about later on. It's also the relationship between the past and the future and the present. The past we can keep going back to, the future we can keep going forward to and project to, because we don't, because we only have one one directional experience of the fourth dimension. What we project into the fourth dimension is not a reality. But to be honest with you, when we project back into the past, it's not a reality either, but that's another story. And In the mystical plane, we have the moment, the moment of experience, which is so brief, it's so instant, it's like that edge-on that we have to the mystical plane. Now, I talked also about the how and the why. How do you get divorced and why did you get divorced? The objective, the subjective. The way we understand the physical plane is using science and logic and these kind of techniques. They work, at least to a certain extent, in the physical plane. We can make projections and calculations. But really, this is of only very, very limited value. The skeptics and the so-called scientists will tell you how wonderful they are because they can build machines and they can predict things. They can't. If you have an accident, let's imagine that there's some kids, they steal a car, there's four of them in the car, and the car gets out of control, and the driver smashes into a lamppost. We read about this all the time. The driver walks away without scratch, and his passenger gets killed. Why? We can't possibly say that using anything on the physical plane. The skeptics would say, ah yes, but if we had all the information about projections and the projection of the car and the uh, mass and so on and so on, they could work it out. But this really is useless because you don't have that information. And what it gets down to is what was going on in the brain of the person, of the driver. And the relationship between the brain and the mind is the relationship between the physical and the mystical. We can understand 
and we can make projections to a certain extent about somebody's state from analysing the physical manifestations. We could tell they're nervous because we can detect nervous activity. This is how lie detectors work. We can even look at the brain waves. But however much we understand the brain, we don't really understand the mind. It's like trying to understand the driver by looking at the car. They are fundamentally different things. And I'm going to talk in future podcasts that show that the existence of the mind is actually in a fifth dimension. It's outside of the four dimensions that we're aware of. But that's for a later podcast. Now, the way we understand the physical plane is using science, cause and effect and so on. The way we understand the mystical plane is with metaphor and analogy. And this is the real language of the mind. Skeptics will tell you that the mind works logically. Logic is extremely overrated. Proper logic, deductive logic, works on assumptions. If X is so and Y is so, then Z is so. Really, they're manifestations of language. They are not manifestations of thought. You can't work anything new out with logic. You can only reformulate what you already know. It's a grossly overrated way of thinking. It has no real or only a very limited usage. And the usage really is in communication, not in understanding. And nowadays people confuse the two. The brain works naturally in the language of metaphor, and this is the language of dreams. Once we understand the language of metaphor, we can, at least to a certain extent, interpret dreams. If we look at the great mystical books, the Quran or the Bible or so on, they're filled with parables and metaphors. Because this is how we really understand. I remember having a, an online discussion, if we can call it that, with a, a sceptic. And he was actually quite a senior member of a sceptic's organisation. And I made a point using a metaphor. And he came back and he said, well, you can't win an argument using metaphor. Which just made me despair at the lack of intelligence of, of people who, who purport to, to have intelligence. He wasn't interested in understanding, he was only interested in winning arguments. What a pointless existence. If you go to many of these sceptic sites, they will tell you how to win arguments, techniques and so on. It's a useless thing. We have to open our minds. And we do that using metaphor and simile. Now, in a previous podcast, I pointed out how going into the past or the future in our minds causes anxiety and depression. In order to overcome this, we have to bring ourselves into this moment, the awareness of the moment. And the awareness of the moment is aligning ourselves with the mystical 
dimension. It's outside of space and outside of time. Our understanding of space and time of the, the physical dimension is on the left side of the brain typically. The understanding of the mystical dimension is on the right side of the brain and I've talked in the past about how stroke to the right side of the brain causes issues. Now there are two ways of looking at our existence and I call these the till roll and the Turkish carpet and I've written about this on medium. So the till roll is like when you go into a shop and you buy an item and you get they put it onto the till and it pops up and then you buy another item and it goes onto the till and so on and you get a longer and longer roll coming out as you buy each item and then eventually the till roll runs out and that's the end of our life we've done a certain number of events they're all unrelated they have no meaning and there's an elapsed time there the Turkish carpet has a pattern. Sometimes the pattern repeats. Sometimes there's one pattern that goes from the beginning to the end. Now imagine an ant that starts off on this carpet and it walks along the length of the carpet. As it walks it would see the colour of the carpet change. But it would have no concept of the pattern of the carpet. The ant is in essence two-dimensional. It can only experience what's around it. When we see it from three dimensions, when we look down on the carpet, we can perceive this pattern. Now I'm going to return to this later on because we can see our three and four-dimensional patterns in terms of five dimensions, but that's not the point I'm making here. We go through life and there's a pattern to life. And we have to understand certain things. And life is a way of teaching us these things. And sometimes people do have the ability, if they have a certain introspection, to step back from things and they can say, well, I can see why this happened or I can see why I attracted that towards myself. Now, again, as I alluded to earlier, there's a practical, physical, dimensional way of looking at these things. And there's the mystical way of looking at these things. We do certain things so we attract certain events towards ourselves and as a psychologist we can see that um, women for instance or, or men for that matter have had certain types of parenting will attract certain people of the opposite sex or the same sex towards them and they often have to go through this many times before the penny drops and they're able to detach from that experience and it can be very painful. Now in the late 1940s, early 1950s, in fact going through to the 1970s, 
Michael Galkelein, uh, who was a graduate of statistics and psychology from the Sorbonne, did a study of astrology. Now, he really set out to disprove astrology because he was a statistician, but what he found was a correlation between Mars and Saturn and um, certain um, characteristics of the, the profession that they were going to become. So, for instance, um, people who became the top soldiers or the top surgeons, the top doctors, the top athletes and so on, there was correlations between their birth sign and their profession. And this was a statistical significance, it wasn't just chance. Now he published these results and of course the, the sceptics went out to disprove them. And the reason why the sceptics are so intent on disproving this of course is because they think that if they accept these things that the whole basis of their thinking falls apart. Now, Professor Wise, who I've spoken about previously, was a uh, head of a group called Psychop. These are professional debunkers. And the group did a study of a woman called Natasha Demkina, who, she was a young girl who had had she rose to prominence in Russia. She claimed to have what she said was sort of X-ray eyes. She could look into people and see their their problems. Now I've written about this, and it, the the issue is a bit too complicated to go into here. But basically, Psychop did a whitewash job on her. It was quite horrible. Um, she achieved much 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 better results than could be proved um, by statistics alone but they moved the goalpost on her and uh, they set out to debunk her. And Professor Wise, he, he gave a talk afterwards in the, in the programme about her. And he said, well, of course, we've got to reject these things, otherwise the whole of our science falls down. Now, this is absolute nonsense. Science doesn't fall down. It simply means you've got something which is outside of your scientific knowledge. You see, uh, Newton, in the 17th century, devised the laws of gravity which stood up very well until the early part of the 20th century when Einstein showed that not that Newton's laws were wrong but Newton's laws only applied at certain speeds and in certain gravitational forces and when we move to speeds that approach the speed of light and different gravitational forces Newton's laws started to fall down and it's the same with these things such as um, Galkeline and his view of astrology and Nat Natasha Demkina. They don't disprove science. They simply show that science has certain limitations. But to the sceptic, they only have an instrumental understanding of, of the world they have they follow certain rules they don't want to step outside those rules or question them they feel as if the whole basis of their existence starts to fall down the biggest fear of a skeptic is that he should be shown to be wrong it's like his foundations of his world fall down
if Galka Lyons' work um, was to be um, shown to, to be incomplete, then you would have thought that the um, the scientists would go out and repeat the, the research with a, a more updated uh, more, more updated statistics. But of course they've never done this because no university is going to investigate um, astrology. They're never got, no university really in the West is going to investigate people like Natasha Dem, Demkina and so on. They fall outside of the physical realm. But we can understand astrology if we understand it in terms of the patterns. It's not that the position of the planets causes certain outcomes. It's that the position of the planets correlate with certain other events than characteristics of the people who are born at those particular times. It's not cause and effect. It's similarly an analogy and so on. There are signs. Mystics can look at things and they can see signs. They can see how something happens because they saw this sign. And in fact, a lot of intelligent people do this almost naturally. We have to learn the signs. And I talked in a previous podcast about being misled by intuition. And we can, of course, mislead ourselves, but we can also train ourselves to have a better understanding of these signs. And so we have a better understanding of these parallel dimensions, this alternative way of looking at things. Now, there are many, many examples of this. And in its essence, it gets down to something called wave-particle duality. And I'm going to talk about this in a later podcast. It's quite difficult to, to explain, you know, simply, but we we're going to get there. But I also talked about how the mystical dimension is in the moment. And I sometimes say that God is in the moment. The past is really an invention that we've made up, and so is the future. And when we move into this moment, this moment is so brief, it has this metaphor this this similarly of the dimension that's edge on to us it's only there for such a brief brief moment but when we're in that brief moment we can experience in its totality because we're experiencing the whole of the dimension we're seeing it edge on if you can understand the metaphor and absorbing it edge on and i've talked in the part in a previous podcast about how you could be sitting next to somebody and you suddenly get a glimpse of their whole life. It's as if you've experienced their whole life in a moment. And this is how it happens. It's that glimpse into this alternative dimension. This square root of minus one that we can suddenly get a glimpse of. for listening you can contact me by email phil at braham.net 
you can visit my website podcasts.braham.net I'm on Medium look me up Phil Braham so I look forward to your comments thank you Thank you.